Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Cho Moy about stress and fertility and how Chinese medicine can help play a role. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to share with you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion, and I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Cho Moy, and she is a licensed acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner. She is the founder of Integrative Healing Arts in New York City, which utilizes acupuncture, herbal medicine, and energy healing to treat patients. Specializing in fertility, anti-aging, stress, immune, digestion, pain, and sleep. She has over 19 years of experience in alternative and Chinese medicine. She is the best-selling author of Will I Ever Get Pregnant? The Smart Woman's Guide to Get Pregnant Naturally Over 40. She's also a contributor from Mind Body Green and has been featured on Dr. Oz, The List TV, Good Day New York, and many others. So welcome to the podcast show. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. I'm very excited to be here with you and and share whatever I can uh, to help uh, your audience uh, with their health and learn a little bit about Chinese medicine. Yeah, yeah. And I I have had a little bit of experience. I work, work with a Chinese medicine practitioner. And so I'm very excited to hear your insights on today's topic, talking about stress and fertility and just, you know, general women's health and it's all interconnected. And I, I'm ready to dive in and hear what you have to say. So I'll kind of let you take the reins here and, um, maybe just starting with, you know, what is Chinese medicine for people who might not be familiar? Oh my goodness. Okay. So Chinese medicine is a very, uh, broad uh, spectrum. It has eight branches. Um, Much of it, like at least half of it has to do with self-care. So something like doing exercise, meditation, um, eating right, uh, you know, you're looking at what your thoughts are, are you doing all of those things for yourself? And then on the other aspect, we're looking at massage uh, at, or bodywork, acupuncture, and herbal medicine. So they're the, the different spectrums. And then we also look at environmental factors such as feng shui, which is the art and science of placement. So what your environment is like, does it support health or does it diminish it? And then an even another aspect is more of that cosmology, which is more like Zodiac and looking at astrological uh, aspects of it. Uh, most of what's practiced in the U.S. is much more geared towards uh, like herbs, food theory, uh, the acupuncture, maybe body work, and then things like meditation, Qigong, um, and uh, the other ex- what we like cultivating your health activities. 
And, you know, for some people who maybe aren't familiar with much of the alternative health, um, although I suspect many of our listeners do enter the alternative health realm, um, you know, how, how do you use all of your tool sets, um, to help women who are struggling to get pregnant and, you know, maybe are having fertility issues. Um, you know, what, what is the game plan? What does that kind of look like? So uh, the game plan is that, well, first the, the women that come to me, we considered alternative. Um, it's really after they've tried many other, uh, let's say therapies or treatments, uh, Oftentimes, there are underlying health uh, conditions that haven't been addressed, and uh, that you know, having been on birth control or or not really being so connected with their body, right? So something like yoga, you know, people learn to breathe and have a much mm-hmm. better mind body connection, and that's what Chinese medicine does. It helps you to learn more about your body, how it works and facilitate the the balance, you know, so you get uh, balance or homeostasis. Uh, oftentimes when uh, a woman or a couple are struggling to get pregnant, there are many, um, let's say health issues that maybe are not addressed in Western medicine. So Western medicine may look at hormonal levels and ovulation, whereas East Asian medicine, we're kind of looking at like all, like everything as a, you know, contributor. And that means like your diet. Um, Mm -hmm. It means like, are you getting enough sleep? Like sleep is really important. And also creating that environment that is healthy and relieve, uh, uh, you know, reduced stress. Uh, I, I like to say more, not reduced, but really like not allowing that to affect uh, the process. Uh, You know, stress hormones are the number one disruptor of reproductive hormones. And for women, we've got our cycle, you know, so the hormones are already kind of cycling at at different times. And then you add in the adrenaline and the cortisol, and that creates a major disruption. So the, the, one of the first things we want to do is like, take a look at, everything (laughs) and start with the baby steps of, okay, let's look at your quality of sleep. Let's look at some of the food things or, and, uh, you know, in some cases, uh, women are exercising too much, right? Right. We we always think of like, Oh, exercise is really good. But if you're exercising and you're uh, dipping into your adrenaline to get that surge, then what you're really doing is you're constantly kicking in the your adrenal. And so we want to look at okay, you know, certain activities, um, even let's say uh, fasting or juicing or you know all of those like quick fix like ideas don't really work when you want to you know, have a baby, your body needs to be in a place of uh, nurture, like an environment of nurturing and calm so that that uh, being able to receive and carry uh, a baby. Right? And so mm-hmm. we kind of will look at that and then really the mindset around it too, that you are, you, you're healthy, you know, these are, we make gentle shifts 
And um, the more you learn about your body and are connected with it, the more you're able to make the, the choices, right? And you'll, you'll, you'll have that intuitiveness as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the mindfulness part of it too, you know, that's kind of been a recurring theme on the podcast is just, you know, you have to have the right mindset and, you know, like if you're too stressed out, like, why am I not getting pregnant? Um, you're not going to get pregnant, right. Where if you can step back and, you know, like, okay, I'm ready to nurture my body and nourish it and, um, you know, make it a welcoming, welcoming, welcoming womb. (laughs) Um, you know, it it just the mindset shift alone. Exactly. It is. And, you know, one of the things that, um, what I, I have my patients do is I, okay, you need to clear the cookies on your search engine. Um, you need to, you know, look, what are you telling yourself? What kind of fear stuff? Um, and also, you know, we're in such a, a, um, like goal and success oriented culture that if you approach getting pregnant, like approaching, I'm going to get an A in school, I'm going to get the job, I'm going to get the promotion, that that is really counter energy to it. Because it's not really about the getting, it's really about the receiving, right? And so this is uh, having the, we call like, I call like mindset or mind shift around uh, what it is, is really to also not engage in the fear that is out there, the terror of, you know, there's something wrong with you. Uh, a lot of the, the information on, you know, fertility or getting like helping to get pregnant is all very disease-based like, Oh, maybe you have this disease or maybe you have that. Oh, this is wrong with you. That's wrong with you. And once you feed into that, then, and, and also search, online, what will happen is constantly stuff is going to be popping up in your, um, in your, you know, on your computer or on, on your smartphone. And, and uh, yeah, and, and very subtly, you're going to get drawn into uh, information that is not necessarily useful for you, right? Um, Important to get yourself checked out for sure. Yeah. But all, but also remember that the, that when you get tested for things, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong. It's just a snapshot of that moment and you can do things to improve your fertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I had a good friend, they had been trying to get pregnant for a couple of years and, um, they were just about to try some further options, um, you know, with fertility treatments. And she just kind of like, was like, okay, yeah, this will work. This, this will, this will be the right thing. And so they just kind of like released it, the worry. And she actually got pregnant right before they started doing any of the treatments. And her doctor told her that's super common. She sees that all the time because you're so stressed. And then you finally drop your guard down and that's when you get pregnant. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it really, we, you know, we can psych ourselves out. Right. Um, 
And but that's just like you, ch- it's like the the choke. You know, talk mm-hmm. about it in sports, right? Where you're like, you all yep. of a sudden, you, you, you like, uh, you squeeze it so much that it it, it can't really flow, right? Yep. Yep. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about hormones because you mentioned that and how important hormones are. And as women, our hormones are constantly in fluctuation and depending on your age, they're, they're, you know, in different stages. Um, what are some of the things you look for when you do hormone testing? So, okay. So I, um, personally don't, do the like like lab tests right but what we do is um we look at the charting <clears throat> to chart a cycle and using you know th- this is like old school excuse me <clears throat> and i um definitely advocate really like doing it on the paper not doing it on your phone which is mm-hmm. just like a whole other you know, another app and you, the energy around like your, your work, your, this, your, that is all on a phone. And right. so we really need to focus if that this is something that's separate, you know, it's not in the same jumble of all your emails that we're going to be tracking every day, like looking at what's your temperature, what is, um, you know, what day of the month that it is and looking at the cervical fluid, because that's also, these are like uh, low tech, but very highly accurate what's happening with your body. And then also using uh, the ovulation sticks that will also mm. indicate the LH surge, which means, okay, you're going to ovulate. And then at post the uh, ovulation, which is usually, you know, a day between day 11 to 15 kind of area fluctuates for women, which is why we need to kind of track it just so, you know, you're like, Oh, I know my body. Um, And then you can also uh, test for progesterone levels. There are ways of testing. So if I look at a, a cycle, which is within a range of norm, let's say norm is going to be 28 to 30 days. Sometimes it's even longer. What's really important is when are you actually ovulating? Because if you're, you know, you're ovulating earlier or later then we're looking at, or, or if it's a shorter cycle that we're saying, okay, maybe there's not enough progesterone, which is very in Chinese medicine means the yang aspect. Uh, so it's really like looking at where, what's going on with your hormones. And oftentimes uh, you can rebalance the hormones by getting good sleep making sure that you've got uh, your nutrition is good and, and stress. Stress will cause your progesterone to drop. So these are, are like things that you can improve. You don't necessarily have to take hormones, like to balance mm-hmm. hormones. Um, and then there are also foods and, and, you know, working with seeds and then also supplements. And then in the end, I might give someone some herbs, but really I like to, have the, you know, the, the person really learn and try things out so that they will know, right. Cause they can't see me, you know, they can text me and ask me questions, but I'm not in their body. If they right. know their body, they're going to know like, Oh, every time I eat, uh, you know, bread or pasta, I get all swollen or, and then we go, okay. Mm-hmm. So we know you've got inflammation. Um, and, and inflammation is one of the things that I also look at in a big way. 
right? We got it because that is going to interfere with fertility. And so we want to yeah. look at that. That's a big, that's a big thing. And stress call that's, you know, create, that's also part of it creates the inflammation. Mm-hmm. And, and earlier you mentioned, um, that sometimes women are working out too much, right? Let's, let's touch on that a little bit, a little more broadly. Um, not just women that are trying to get pregnant. Cause I do see this, um, you know, exercise can become an addiction just like anything else. And, you know, they think it's a healthy addiction, um, but actually it can have negative consequences. So, you know, let's, let's just kind of dive into that just a little bit. That's a great question. Right. So one of the things that I'll look at on an intake form is because I have a pretty extensive intake form. And one of them is like, okay, what are you eating? What do you, how much water? All of those things, right? And so I'm actually, I start, I look at what's the food, you know, how restrictive is the food? And then also how much are they exercising? And oftentimes what I'll notice when someone is exercising five to six times a week and intensive this, intensive training. And then I, I, I look at, the food, like they're juicing there. And what'll show up, you know, what I'll ask is, did you ever have an eating disorder? Mm, And oftentimes, because that doesn't always show up. Yeah. Right. But there is a kind of energy around those kind of activities. So, and, and, and so oftentimes if they're coming for a particular condition, let's say, a sprain or something is not healing, I'm looking at that's the symptom, right? But there's some other activity that's Mm -hmm. older going on, which is interfering with the body's natural propensity to heal, right? And so it can be an addiction for sure, right? Because you feel good, you feel better, um, right? But then there's also the other aspect is it is a coping mechanism, right? for people, uh, a way of control, like to feel that they're controlling something, or you'll have someone who'll, you know, eat one cookie and then they work out for like two hours. Right. So, you know, there's, you, you look at where is there an imbalance? And, and, and so those are kind of clues to, you know, how do they look at the world? What is, you know, what is their expectation or, or what is their approach of, and then how are they treating themselves? right? Because that means that they're not getting enough nourishment, that they're kind of trying to get more out of less, you know, kind of like squeezing, you know, and and then that is counter, you need a little extra in order to heal, you need a little, otherwise the body is always in a state of alarm, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, the fight or flight. The fight or flight, and then often that will push somebody to kind of exercise more. Like they might go, Oh, I need to exercise, like actually move, but you don't need the intensity. Right. Yes. Yeah. But that, but it's also that feeling, you know, it's the feeling that, you know, of the intensity that can be like very, I would say addictive, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of or, or, or also to feel like they're like the accomplishment, like I've got to run, you know, uh, I don't know how many, uh, uh, marathons a year. I see that too. And you're like, 
you know, there's almost no body fat. And then they're, you know, they want to squeeze a 26 point something miles. And you're like, yeah. yeah." So um, not to say that not to marathon, um, but it is something that is, uh, I wouldn't do it every weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really think that's where practices like mindfulness and meditation and breath work, um, can really be powerful because you're focusing on something like, for instance, a meditation practice, and you're focusing on your breath, but you're not necessarily doing a high intensity workout, but you're working out your mind, so to speak. Um, so I can see in those situations where that could be a really good, um, balance for some people. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I love breath work that, and mm-hmm. I also love, uh, you know, the yoga is considered moving meditation, right? You're moving mm-hmm. and you're breathing very similar to things like Tai Chi and Qigong. There are movements and breathing with it. And after a certain amount of time with the inhaling and the exhaling, you're really bringing in the new oxygen, exhaling the toxins and the old, and it's coursing through all of your meridians, through your body, through your muscles. And at some point, all of your cells are breathing at once, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like really, you know, in a way you're actually detoxing your, your body, you're clearing out all of the toxins. Um, whereas doing an intense workout doesn't necessarily have the same effect. You actually are going to be producing metabolic waste, right? If you get like super, super intense, you've got a lot of the lactic acid and, and other, uh, uh, what do you call it? Metabolic, uh, chemicals that have to get, uh, cleared out. So really, exercise and breath work and, and, and movement, it just really helps the body move the oxygen exchange throughout, you know, all the muscles and the organs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, maybe let's go back just a little bit more to fertility. And when you're working with a client to help them try and get pregnant, um, what are some of the success stories you're seeing? Like, what are, what are some of the changes that you see people make, um, that allow them to finally be open to receiving? Okay. Big is, um, really being able to depart from the, uh, you know, maybe what they were told in a medical office, Mm -hmm. oftentimes they got to get that out of their Yeah. The Western medicine. Yeah. Or just to overcome. It's like, you know, you hear about, you know, these actors or artists and, you know, that they were told by, you know, some teacher or someone, Oh, you're not any good. You're never, you're never going to make anything of it. Like the, or, or, and, and, and really it's like that person's idea, but not really you. And so what you see is like releasing all of that stuff. That's not true. And oftentimes, I mean, we're looking at, you know, and not to say that that Western medicine doesn't have a place, right. Mm -hmm. It's very standard and often very cookie cutter, cookie cutter. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. It's the cookie cutter. Um, and if which you is don't standard. fit in the box, they don't know what to do with you. <laughs> well, and, and I'm going to tell you, women do not fit into that box. Uh-huh. That's the, so what you, you're, uh, what just time after time you hear like, oh, you know, I was told like, this is my problem and that is my problem. And I'll just look at them and say like, I don't believe that. Like, that's not like, like the conclusions that are being drawn, even like scientifically don't make sense, you know? And um, so I have, okay, success story. Here's uh, a woman who she had uh, a condition It's called like sickle cell. She had also a lot of fibroids. She had a lot of, of problems and um, was uh, doing IVF because she, you know, had all like, it was like a window. <clears throat> she did get pregnant, but she had an ectopic pregnancy, mm. which wasn't checked, right? They really no. should have her. And what happened was, is that she ended up having to have the tube removed, like major, major surgery. Yeah. And she technically, she lost that ovary, right? Now, her, the doctor had said, like, we don't, like, you should use a donor egg, right? You should use a donor egg. And for whatever reason, they said her other ovary wasn't producing. And I really found that so hard. I was like, I, you know, that's so hard to determine because it was like, you know, something where like this ovary maybe has an egg, but you don't have it. The tube is blocked and now you don't have an ovary. Now you don't have a tube and then part like. And I remember listening, I was listening to this thing on Gonad Radio. They were talking about some, you know, ovarian transplant tissue. And, and I was talking to her about it. And I said, she said, oh, they could have, I don't understand why they didn't save part of my ovary. Like, why did they have to take everything? And I said, you know, maybe they didn't take everything. Maybe there's still a piece of that tissue because they said there was so much you know endome like so much stuff in there they couldn't figure out what was going on they just had to like cut everything out and so I said well let's we're gonna like help you recover from the surgery and all you know and wouldn't you know it there was still was some ovarian tissue there and wouldn't you know it they were able to retrieve an egg, a follicle, and fertilize it. Right? So, and then since then, the pandemic has happened. <laughs> so, so I, I look at, I mean, this was an extreme, this was an extreme case. Right. But I've also had, you know, when they were just, it was just so, you know, they were just told things like, oh, yeah, you, you, you know, the only way you'll ever have a baby is you know, by doing IVF or something. And, I, and I'm like, that's not true. Like, I don't believe it's true at all. Right. And the thing is, is like, when they come to me, even if they feel like, oh, I was told this, the fact that they're showing up tells me that they also, there's an aspect that they do believe and, mm-hmm. and feel deeply. Right. That's that connection, which they may not be aware of until that they can. And I believe most women can conceive naturally and, and there's nothing wrong with having help, 
but the, the, the preponderance of how many women are told that they have fertility problems, it's really like, it's not true. Um, and you know, women that have, you know, they thought they could never get pregnant. And I'm, and I'm like, I think you might be pregnant. Even if you don't have a cycle, you could still be get pregnant, you know? And then they find out that they're pregnant, you know, and we're, so, so it's, I, I hear much more of that once they, you know, take it on and are, you know, also open to not just say, oh, oh, I don't want IVF or I don't to just kind of, we're going to do the work together and, you know, be kind of clear if at what point you would decide like, okay, if this isn't happening, but I am willing to do these other things, right? Because you don't want to have a mixed message, right? Right. Right? And so it's really like, if you're just open, I want to have a child and I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to make it happen. And we're going to start this way. And then, you know, if we need to progress and that really, it, it, it clears their mind of all of the, the judgment and the worry mm, and, yeah. and those, because that's also like, then you're struggling all the time. Like that is the struggle. Right? The struggle is I don't want it this way. I want it that way. Or, you know, it should be a certain way. Right. And it's really like, we, need to work with like really look at what's going on and and see how we will improve your health and and I think the biggest lesson here that I'm hearing is to just not listen to everybody else's stories right like right do not take on other people's fear I mean it's like you know once it gets in there it's like yeah you hear mm-hmm. like if, 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 if you have any inkling of a worry about something and someone says, Oh, I know this woman who miscarried at blah, blah, like, yeah, you don't need, like, why is someone like you have to really, um, and I say that like, there's some people after you talk to them, you feel really bad mm-hmm. and you may not understand why, because yeah. you, and, and you need to like limit your, you know, like who you share stuff with and limits, you know, what chat rooms or, or, or even Facebook groups or, or stuff that can actually be very toxic. Right. Cause a lot of them, they're talking about their problem. That may not be Mm -hmm. your problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Cho, thank you so much for being here today. This has been an incredibly important topic. Um, If people want to learn more about you, your website is integrativehealingarts.com. And we do have a link in the show notes. And um, your book, Will I Ever Get Pregnant, uh, is available on Amazon and yeah, it's uh, available on Amazon. Um, if, uh, they can also find me on Instagram under the, the, the Cholin Moy and in there's like link in the bio, there are links that might be easy if they want to, you know, sign up for email or, um, there's also a a link to the book so they, they don't have to search around. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I can also share with you the, 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 the Amazon link to the book we can do also. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with our listeners. Um, And I hope that everyone listening today has enjoyed today's episode. And would you please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. So thank you all for listening. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you all in the next episode.